0: yo 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 welcome back to another episode of on the spot sports and before we get to our guest today we have a big shout out front for living sisu living sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport their main objective is to activate your lifestyle so for active it's for active people enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off body logics the goalie guild all his books are discounted Roan, lululemon for men off online stretching programs with eccentrics one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun and it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm part of it a bunch of other athletes are a part of it so it's free to join it takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport and it's definitely worth worth it so do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living CSUs membership it's free 20 takes 20 seconds so go do it and we'll see you there Living CSU is a great company we uh we know one of the co-founders Zach Focaly he's a great guy he uh He's the co-founder, and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything, to what me- made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey player, Brandon Hawkins. Brandon spent last season with the Toledo Walleye in the East Coast Hockey League in his fourth pro season. Prior to turning pro, Brandon spent time playing junior hockey in the North American Hockey League and the United States Hockey League, while also spending two years of NCAA Division I college hockey at Bowling Green State University before transferring to Northeastern University for his final two years before turning pro. Hawk spent the last summer playing the inaugural pro summer league called Three Ice before signing back with the Walleye for the season. So I'm happy and excited to get you on Brandon. So welcome to the show, Brandon Hawkins. Thanks buddy, excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. But to start things off, like how how have you been? Like today's first day of camp for you. So how's everything going with camp and uh, just prepping for the season? no camps good we got we brought back 12 guys so to have that much turnover in a
1: on an east coast league team is kind of unheard of so it's uh it's a good start for sure and we got uh we have such a good group here that no matter what day if we're getting bagged or not we're having fun so it's uh it's good here it's it's been awesome summer was good i loved playing in three ice and and it was an easy way to stay stay playing and stay competitive so it was uh no it was great i had no complaints on my end
0: yeah that that. That's great that you have 12 guys returning. Like that's just familiarity with pretty much half the team. So like you're, yeah. and you guys went on a long run last year. So just to have those guys back and everything just, uh, it's going to gonna help everyone get more experience and get uh, maybe, maybe a Kelly cup championship now.
1: Absolutely. I guess we'll, we'll see what's happened. I mean, Wadi always puts
0: together a strong
1: team, so it's, uh, it'll be good to see what we can do
0: yeah a- absolutely but like you said you start you started playing the summer with uh three eyes like how how was that experience especially since it was a first year summer league and like it was it was put on television so it had its like media coverage for for sure yeah. no it was
1: it was awesome I mean the the first week was uh it wasn't even that it was rough it was just a couple of miscommunications and then from then on it was running like a smooth well-oiled machine so it was And it was so much fun. It was like, you bring a different product, like the big three basketball or, or something of that. And it's, and it's something different that, that fans want to see. It's high flying, it's offensive, and there's some new different rules that people like. So it was a, it was a lot of fun to play in. And, and I'll never argue with having a fun summer job being hockey. Yeah,
0: exactly. What was was your, uh, what was a good rule that they came up with that you, uh, you actually really enjoyed?
1: I like the, their over back rule. Once you cross the red line, Uh, you can know once you cross the red line and the other team's blue line, you can no longer go back across the red line or it's a change of possession. Oh, and I feel I play a lot of yeah, and I play a lot of roller hockey, so it's like you throw the puck all the way back and hold on to it. So it's it's almost pretty cool, is to make the game way more offensive because you have to stay you have to stay like on it constantly.
0: Yeah, a lot a lot more action and like you you can't go back, so you just got to put the puck on the net and either that or, or score a goal
1: yeah hopefully
0: yeah I also I also like the the shootout or the the penalty shot one where it's like you t- t- get a penalty shot and like you can just play it out right off the right off the rebound and you don't have yeah. to like stop or anything so it makes it a lot more faster and a quicker pace because you can turn around and score right right off the rebound
1: yeah it's a little different but I, I it's makes things a little more fast-paced if you, if you want to think about it that way it was it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited. I told them I play again this year, so hopefully they'll, they'll have me back.
0: Yeah. So what was the process to like get in a three ice? Like w- did you have to like go to the tryout or were you just like contacted? No, I was contacted. I was originally on the alternate squad. And, um, what happened
1: is the, they something happened with the Canadians and not being able to work here during the summertime, but they are during the season. So they, uh, I got moved off the alternate squad and played for team LeClaire and and then he wanted me to play that the rest of the season. So it was a luckily sure, luckily, but surely I ended up playing for him. And the whole process of playing in it was just, they reached out to me and I signed a contract and and we
0: went from there. Yeah. That, that, that seems like a pretty easy turnover going from alternate, the alternate squad to being playing the entire season, like not, nothing better than that. Yeah. It's, it was it was honestly so much fun too because I got to play with my line mate from here. So it made yeah. it even better. Yeah. yeah, it's even that's even better for sure. But uh what was your favorite move that you pulled off throughout three ice? Uh, I did that
1: Michigan move that was on uh that was on Sports Center number one. It was like a like a spinorama, like I picked the puck up, did like the, the tornado, and then instead of throwing it, I pulled it around him and tucked it in behind him. And yeah, not, it, you it, don't unfortunately, see that one. No, unfortunately, he's a friend of mine, so he was a little upset with me.
0: Okay, but that's part of part of the game, and then you go and go have beers after, and like, no, no big deal. Exactly.
1: You guys, uh, you guys are uh, goal. You goalies chose to do that, so I have no remorse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if I was if I was a forward, like when I was a forward, I I had no remorse for goalies. I'd do I'd do the exact same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But going into this season, you're back with Toledo with the walleye yeah. for your second season. So how excited are you to be back? And especially since it is such a special place to play.
1: I'm beyond excited. I got, I'm kind of on a revenge tour because beginning of the year last year, I was injured, had surgery, game one, shift three, um, dislocated my wrist, I had to have kind of a reconstruction of it. Then uh, we lost in game six, of the final. So it, uh I'm on, I'm on a revenge tour. That's the way I'm looking at it. And I, nothing in my eyes, nothing less of winning is, is acceptable.
0: Yeah. And like when you go through that, that rehab, like it's hard, especially mm-hmm. like on, on you and like mentally, it's so like, how did you handle like when you were going through like surgery mm-hmm. and all that, and like not being able to play, like what, what do you do to help yourself stay at least mentally sane?
1: I was, I was at the rink. I got to come to the rink and do everything like that. So it was like, I was still part of everything. was probably the main thing is our coach does a really good job if uh if if guys are injured they still want you a part of everything they still want you at the rink they still want you on the bench and everything like that so it's uh it's definitely cool the way they treated me and then that helped big time otherwise i probably would have been a bit depressed
0: yeah absolutely but you put you got to play in 52 games throughout that year where you got 64 points so like what was What was, and then and and added 21 uh, games and playoffs, like what after coming back from that surgery and everything, like what made you so successful on the score sheet and getting, being more than a point per game guy?
1: I think it was just like consistency in general. Uh, I, and then I got to a point where I finally felt comfortable with my hand and everything like that. So all my little plays and everything came back. I think of myself as an offensive player. So I try to look for, for areas and different things like that, that'll make my game better. And, and, Luckily I played with a passer. So my whole thing was just finding available ice. And in 72 games, I don't count the first one because I played a shift and a half and then hurt my wrist. The 72 games I played in the full season, I had 50 goals and 47 assists. So it's like, if I could do something to recreate that, then I'm, I, I find that acceptable in myself.
0: Yeah. So like, how do you, how did you find that confidence? And like, how long did that confidence take, especially like when you go through a surgery like that and like, being a playmaker and like being very offensive, like you're using your hands constantly. Yeah. So a lot
1: of it was stick handling with the, with the golf ball or doing different things like that. But when I, uh, I was going to rehab twice a week and I played six weeks, six weeks after surgery, usually on a surgery like that, you're supposed to wait 12. And the first couple of weeks, I would say I was a write off. Like I was out yeah. there, but I couldn't, I wasn't me. Yeah. Um, I think it finally turned around. We were playing in Fort Wayne and I had a five assist night where my passing ability was, was up there. And and it stunk for a while because like I, I'm old school. I use a 105 flex and I was using a 75 because that's all my hand could take and everything like that. So I was like, I wasn't, I I didn't feel like I was me because I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. But that Fort Wayne game was really kind of when it
0: started to turn around. Well, was that game when you're like you like really didn't like pay attention to your wrist or anything? You're just doing just passing the puck and you ended up getting on the score sheet a few times.
1: Yeah, I had a l- legit five assists. I was uh I was duct taping my hand to play.
0: Cool. Oh. Yeah, but yep. You'll you'll do it, at that point. You'll do anything. Just stay in the stay in the game and be because yep. that's the best thing is playing is playing the game. <laughs> and even if you are injured, you want to come back as fast as you can.
1: Yep, and and that whole thing is with duct tape too, instead of athletic tape, It doesn't move when you play. So even if it gets wet, it still stays hard.
0: So it's yeah, like that's so that, of, that's I always good. Yeah, there was a like, there was a good benefit to it. Yeah, absolutely. But then you go on, a, you guys go on a a long uh, playoff playoff streak where you go into. The, the kelly cup finals and you guys losing game six like what was that entire run like obviously you want to win it but like just having that experience and going through a long run like that like it really like turns tables
1: yeah it was it was really cool i won the year before with fort wayne so it was like i kind of had some i had some experience and and it was nice to kind of help out some of the guys that have never played there or do things like that but uh, it was it was so much fun because of how great the group we had we were so close and Yeah. And the, the team camaraderie around everyone was so cool. And and there really wasn't any bad blood or anything in the locker room. So it made, it made everything that much easier, like on the ice and off the ice. So going through that whole thing, it was, it was honestly like a one of a
0: kind season, but luckily we got 12 of the guys back and hopefully we can be better. Yeah, exactly. And like, just having like that camaraderie and everything like it and like being how tight teams are, like that's what makes championship teams and teams that go that far is because you guys don't get down on each other. You guys just keep constantly battling for each other and going through going yeah. through walls for each other.
1: Yep, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, but then the, the year before, you spent time in Fort Wayne, like you said, where you won the Kelly Cup. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was that experience like in Fort Wayne, especially with, like, all the hockey history that's behind Fort Wayne and mm-hmm. just having, like, all the, the history and then going on to win the actual Kelly Cup?
1: Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Like, it was a shortened season because of COVID, so it was a bit weird, but... But in the end, it was uh, – it just became, like, another thing, like, the team last year, like, we were two games away. Like, the, the four-way team, it was just a couple things clicked our way, and we we won. I mean, we were down in a series against Wichita, and we came back and won in game five in overtime. So, it was – that's kind of what, what really set us set us apart when winning there. But it was – it was cool. It was a little different because – the cities are are a little the same in terms of how much people care about hockey. But in the end, like coaching staffs are very close and things like that. And it's just, I think if, if you have a guy that that wants to go play in a place that is, you consider this to be the, the NHL, the East coast league in Toledo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like you go throughout like these last two years where you're in the Kelly cup, like what, what do you learn from all these experiences, especially like to help your career the following year and just keep that momentum going?
1: Uh, Honestly, it's probably just longevity. Like a lot of the stuff you got to do to make sure you can, you can compete and, and be yourself throughout the entire year.
0: Yeah.
1: That's probably the main one, because if you can't, there's, there's not a real point of even trying. So it's uh it's a really, uh, uh, you sell, you kind of, police yourself and make sure you're ready for each and every game. And the cool thing about pro is, is you're kind of on your own to do your own thing and and it's on you if you're not ready.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, what do you do to help yourself recover? Like, especially when you are like playing a ton of games and then you go on to a playoff stretch where you're playing even more games, like what do you do to help yourself recover?
1: Mine's big time sauna and, and cold plunge stuff. That's kind of what I've always used. And, and I do a lot of stuff with, with, uh, like stem units, like different uh, electrolysis and different things like that. So it's been, it's nice recovery wise. A lot of people love the Normatec boots. I'd rather sit in a cold tub for for 15 minutes. I'm the psychopath, but in the end, like it all works out. Everybody's got their own thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I hate the cold, but I can sit in cold tubs for 15 minutes, no problem. And just yeah. maybe it's because like the mindset of just being able to recover faster, but like yeah. just being in the cold doesn't sound a plea appealing until you get in the cold tub yeah yeah but throughout that year that you were you were you were in Fort Wayne you also got an, an AHL call up to the Rochester Americans yeah. where you played in 10 games there so what was that experience like in going to Rochester especially during like a weird time like with the pandemic it
1: was fun I mean we were a team of, of PTO so we were a lot of trial guys but uh they I played one third of the year there with them because they only played a 30-game season so it was a, a little bit different but it was a great opportunity and they had they had a great uh a great coaching staff and stuff like that that gave me a chance to, to play at that league and it was it was a lot of fun but it was more of a, a fun learning experience because you understand what what they do every day compared to guys in, in the east coast league i'd probably say the the difference isn't the speed or anything in that case it's that everybody's always in the right position yeah defensively so that's that's the big difference between the leagues
0: yeah, so is that like the biggest thing you learned throughout that time up there is just how like everyone's in position at the at the right time and like being like a step ahead of the play? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so then, but then the year before you spent time with Wilk in your first official like pro year, you spent time yeah. with Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the, in the AHL playing in six games and then you played yeah. 47 games in Wheeling, getting a 33 points. So like, what was that? first year of pro like especially like coming with the realities of pro hockey of getting called up and down
1: yeah so I right out of college I signed with Wilkesbury and went and played there immediately and I signed with the GM and coach the coach uh you can look his um his stuff I can't remember his name at the at the minute oh uh, Clark Donatelli you can look up what happened with him because I'm, I'm not going to say it but yeah. uh and my GM was uh Bill Garin, so it was like I signed with two awesome, well, Bill Garen being an awesome person and, and Clarkie treated me unbelievable. But uh, the thing that, that stunk is when I came back after, after summer is they were both gone. Garen went to Minnesota Wild, Clarkie was fired, and we got a new guy and the new guy brought in a lot of his own players and stuff like that. But he gave me an opportunity and, and he didn't like what he saw. So in the end, it, it didn't work out my way, but still grateful for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, so like you face that reality. It's like, how do you like manage like those up and ups and downs throughout the season to just stay even keel and not like let every anything get to you.
1: Well, my whole thing is, is if I didn't love the game, I wouldn't be playing it. So yeah, you gotta love both parts. You can't just you can't just love the fun times. You gotta love the shitty
0: times too. Yeah, it's it's always gonna it's a gr- it's a grind. Like no matter yeah. if you play it if you play a high yeah. level sport or anything like that, like. it's a grind you gotta embrace the process and it's gonna be bad times it's gonna be good times you just gotta embrace it all is that kind of like your your theory that you go with
1: yeah so my my uh, tattoo artist created something called paradise every day no matter if you're in the shittiest situation or the best situation you're living in paradise every day you gotta find it it's funny to say but corona find your beach that's kind of it's kind of the same idea right it's it's
0: find your way and stay positive yeah, and you're playing uh, the best sport in the world, and hockey's the hockey, and hockey's a lot of fun. So you're doing doing yeah. what you love, and uh, getting paid to do it. Nothing better. It's like it's like I'm I'm playing for I'm playing a game for money.
1: I don't think I can ever complain to anybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. A child a child's game, but you're getting paid to play. It's not nothing better than yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah, but then uh, for this part of the show, I want to get into like your youth junior and college days a little bit here. So uh, yep. you grew up in Macomb Township, Michigan. So what was it like growing up in Michigan?
1: Uh, so I grew up in Macomb. My dad uh, ran a roller hockey rink. That's where all the skill and creativity comes from. I uh, ran a rink called Joe DeMarcial House. It's no longer a thing. It um, closed during because of COVID, another, another business shut down because of COVID, Um I grew up, I played, uh, double a hockey until my midget major year. I didn't really take the, the, I took the road less traveled as as people like to say it. I played, uh, from all my youth hockey to to the time I got to my 17 year old year, I played double a hockey. So travel hockey. And then I played one year, triple a for little Caesars, which I played as a defenseman. I signed, uh, I played a lot of those years in youth playing as a D and then I signed with, uh, the with the texas tornadoes in north american league they're not a not a team anymore it shows my age and then once uh so i played there for a year uh they weren't going to keep me he was because i was a d and he's like hey i'll give you a shot as a as a forward and i kind of took off and i ended up i scored 35 or 36 goals that year and led the entire league in scoring so it was uh it was kind of a whirlwind situation. I got a division one college scholarship out of playing there for Bowling green. And, in that following year, uh, tornado folded and I got drafted to Sioux city. So Sioux city, I went, uh, I went to, and the coach that drafted me left the coach that took me is Jay Verde, the new assistant for Detroit Yeah. To, and war Detroit's farm team. So it's hilarious that I have that relationship and he's one of my favorite coaches ever. He's a, he's an old school hard nosed guy that has probably the best communication skills. So it's like, he expects a lot out of you, but he'll also explain it and communicate to you like, Hey, look, I need this, this, and this out of you. And that was, that was the coolest thing. Like I went through some stuff that year, like different things, family wise and stuff. And he was always there for me. So it was, uh, it was definitely cool to, to have him, have him as a, as somebody in my corner and, and that wanted to, kind of be a part of my life and, and help me as a young man so is something I'll never forget and something I'm very thankful for but uh, he gave me a great opportunity and and then I went to
0: school out of that yeah it, it's amazing how everything comes full circle like that where he's in the organization that you're playing in now and like he's yeah. always been there for you so it's like it's it's con- nice and like comfortable to, for you to have that have that situation yeah. have that relationship oh. with with a coach.
1: Yep, then the day I left Bowling Green and went to transfer, he was the first person to text me. He goes, Are you okay? Yeah, he was the first person to text me. So that was uh, that was definitely cool. It's like and out of like I never expected it. Never it was just out of his own goodness of his heart, he he, he cares. And that's just yeah. who he is.
0: Yeah, that, that that's unreal. It's a it's a great person having in in your corner for sure. Yeah, but but uh, you uh you said you uh, transitioned from defense to forward. So, yep. Like, what was what was that transition like from playing defense like your entire like youth oh, career? I was, and I was having I was, to change wanted, in forward.
1: I don't even I wouldn't have even considered myself a defenseman. I just lined up back there. Like I was I was always up in the up in the player up in the rush or creating the rush. It was. Like in youth hockey, when I was growing up, my dad always wanted me, a, wanted me to be a D because of Nick Lidstrom. But my favorite player was Brett Hull. So I'd rather be dropping the knee, taking a one-timer from in the slot than being at the blue line doing it. So it ended up working out that I, I just ended up in the place I needed to be.
0: Yeah, exactly. It all, all comes full circle and you're, you're yep. right where you want to be and as yep. an offensive guy. Yep, Exactly. Yeah, so then you go throughout like the development period through the Little Caesars organization, and then you go into yeah. Texas Tornado, like you said in the in the Noll. So, like, yeah. what was that development and growth like, especially going from North American League and then going into Sioux City with the USHL?
1: So it's uh, honestly the if you want to consider the only difference between the North American League and the USHL at the time, well, two things: it was age and physicality. The Noll was more physical, fighting different things like that. And it was a much older league. So the USHL is more the development league, if you want to consider that. Yeah. And when I got to Texas, the, the coach there was Tony Curtali. He's he's awesome. I mean, a lot of people have their own thoughts about him, but he treated me like a like a son and treated me like someone that he would have taken a bullet for. So it was uh it was something that, that I loved and and he treated me awesome while I played there and he got the best out of me. So the cool thing with him is he runs a team like pro you police yourself like we'd have workouts and everything like that but his other thing was it's like if you're gonna do something do it together I don't care if you guys are out drinking or doing whatever do it together do it as a team and nobody gets left behind and that's just how it was and that kind of that's kind of where it all started develop development wise it's like all right pick a pick a older guy and, and try to emulate the good things that they do so and my, my older guy while I was there was uh, Jackson Leaf, I believe he's playing in Tulsa now, so Jackson uh, he played at Sioux City too, we both lived at the same billet house, which is kind of cool I he went from uh, Tornado to Sioux City, back to Tornado I went from Tornado to Sioux City and I lived at the billet house he did when he was there, and I learned a bunch from him, we were actually line mates my entire year in Tornado, me, him, and Scott Conway and I tried to learn a lot from him, like just his like the views of life and different things like that. And, and that's kind of what Tony did was he tried to bring in good leaders and try to basically stick the young guys like, Hey, look, go, go do what they do, follow them and follow him and do that. So it really helped me.
0: Yeah. And that that's good to have to look up to, especially like yeah. having good leaders like that. Like you learn, you're just, a, you're just a sponge at that point, just soaking exactly. everything in and learning yep. and developing a just, good from, just from what they do yeah exactly yeah. Be, a, be a good rookie yeah yeah but then but you get you said you get you got drafted to Sioux City so like what was yep. it like to get drafted to Sioux City and like it was how, it was how did the draft go
1: it was kind of odd because I won so I won rookie of the year and I led the league in scoring in the North American League as a 18 turning 19 year old and I'm like okay well my guess is I'm gonna play in North American League again next year and then I get a call from my family advisor like hey look you're gonna get drafted Uh, And pretty high, I got drafted fourth overall by Sioux City in the first round. Uh And they call me, and the next thing I got is another call. Hey, I'm the new coach of Sioux City. So, and then that was Verde. But he he actually, he developed me a lot in terms of caring way more about the details of my game.
0: Because
1: in the end, going into junior, I was a one-dimensional player. All offense. And that was it. Go score, go score, go score. Don't worry about the other end. Go score. And when I got to junior he really focused on hey take care of little plays like this this and this and this, and you'll be a great college player and maybe even a great pro player after that yeah so it was that was really cool and we did we did a lot a lot of video his uh his assistant abs mark abalon I don't know if I don't think he's still there but he was uh even through college he called me once a week he called it hawk talks but um (laughs) we'd go through video once or twice a week like he'd pull me aside and show me the little details and little things like that and i think that is where i got way better at hockey and i started to get like the looks after like like i was already going to bowling green but go to bg that i would have got some different places i would have been able to go to from from them because of what i learned there
0: yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Just you are able to learn from, ev- from like literally everyone and like just to get drafted there and like have like all that like all those people like being in your corner and everything, like that that's awesome just to be able to have that, especially going into like a tier one junior program. Yep, yeah,
1: it was it was really cool. And they treated everyone like family, which made everything better. The the owner of that team still reaches out, his name is Lloyd Nay, he's a one of a kind human being. And he still talks to me on occasion. So it's, it's definitely cool.
0: Yeah. It's awesome to see like the, how small the hockey world is and like they're all every, everyone that you play with like is in your corner and you're just going to, you're just going to, and you're just going to be able to just be in their corner and just have, they have your back. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you go into your first year at Bowling Green State University. So NCAA division one. So what was the process like to commit to BGSU?
1: i i didn't even get really a, an official visit i went and saw him at christmas and I committed a month after that but going in there i went in and i played really well my freshman year i got a uh development camp offer to calgary my right after my freshman year I went to calgary's the calgary flames development camp played really well there i think i had two goals in the game we played in and and stuff like that and then came back for my sophomore year had a slower start but I was within two points of what I did the year before and and kind of figured it out and different things like that so it I dealt with some adversity the second year uh one little injury but didn't really matter all that much and then and then I figured it all out and, and started playing well and and then going into my my junior year just happened and I will, I'll never hold it against anybody or anything like that. I, I left and I probably did it a little irrationally. I mean, the young, still a young man at that point and, yeah. and doing things off the cusp because I wear my emotions on my sleeve and that's who I am. But shit happens. Are there days I wish that I didn't leave? Absolutely. Are there days that I'm like, I can't believe the life I got to live in Boston at Northeastern. I won two bean pots. I won a hockey's title. Um, we won Hockey East that one year that uh, we needed to beat Boston College for Bowling Green to get into the NCAA tournament. We beat Boston College three to two. I had two goals that's and assists. Nice. Guess that's like the my my saving grace to to leaving BG if that. But uh, no, I loved I loved it there. I loved everybody at BG. Still have a pretty good relationship with a lot of good people from there, which is just cool now that it's 20 minutes down the road from here. A couple times last year, I went and had coffee with the equipment guy. He's been there for over 30 years. So it was, uh, it's definitely cool to have. And in some days I, I wish I didn't leave in some days. I'm like, it was probably better for you. So in the end shit happens, but, uh, yeah. but it is what it is. And it's just, it's, it's rather to rather to be good to learn from it than it is to be pissed off about it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and like you have so many different, so many like different good experiences throughout that yep. time at BGSU from like having yeah. good guys within uh, that within uh, BG that you know, and then getting into an NHL development camp with Calgary. It's so like what yep. what did you learn from being in Calgary, especially like being at that NHL level?
1: Kind of just what you needed to be able to play there. It's like they you train a different level, you skate a different level. Everything's NHL. Everything's elite, elite, elite and now it's, yeah. it's a little it's weird now because thinking about it, that's fucking seven years ago um, wow. it's everybody trains that way now at that time it was like one or two out of four people train that way now it's now it's everybody trains that way everybody skates like that in the summertime so it's like it, now it's a little easier to train because everybody's doing it but like back then yeah. it was like I went and trained where all the Red Wings guys trained. I went and skated where all the Red Wings skated. So I was skating with all those guys on a daily basis. Up until I came here last week, I was skating with Jakob Kindle three, days a week. He's going back to wow. Europe. So it was still it was definitely cool to to have that relationship with him and, and kind of learn from him. So So it was uh it was definitely a, a great time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like it's just it's awesome to see like how far like everyone has come, especially with training and everything. Cause like, yep. uh, like 10 years ago, like you said, like one or two guys would be training that way, but now it's like, everyone's trained that way. And it's so much more easier for everyone to yep. train and just get to that level that you need to. Cause like once yep. everyone is at that level, it raises everyone else's level in the room. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. But then you go enter the transfer portal where you transfer into Northeastern go University transfer portal for, at that time. Oh, there, wa- there wasn't? Nope, I was two years late. Uh, so then you go you go, you go, straight into Northeastern University where yep. you played your final two years there. So what was it? Year and a half. Like, or a year, year and a half, yeah, my yep. bad. And no, you're just good. So that I got, final I, year and a half.
1: Oh, I got you. Uh, it's, it's kind of a conundrum because it's different. I went to BG my junior year for four weeks. Oh. The NCAA decided, well, you started there. You should get a half a semester taken away from you. So they took they they took a semester a full semester away from me playing wise so i lost a full year and a half of playing wow. that whole year and then up until christmas the following year and then that's when i got to come back and play that's br- that's brutal yeah so it was, uh, it was a bit different but it was kind of cool because because going through the transfer process it was like i really got to understand like they really wanted me there still have a great relationship with that coach there. My head coach that was there is now the athletic director and my assistant coach, the forward coach, Jerry Keith, is now the head coach of the team. He still reaches out all the time. He's a, he's an awesome person and, and he has such a mind for the game that they're going to be good for a very long time in his hands and watch, watch for his son coming up because he committed to BU. He plays at Muskegon and that kid is a skilled defenseman.
0: Wow. Yeah. And like that that's still, that still comes to like what we've been saying the entire time, just having people in your corner and just having them reach out constantly and seeing how you're doing. Like it just proves that a lot of people care about you. Yep, exactly. That's the that's the cool thing about all of it. Yeah. So then so like what what did you do during that time where you, you couldn't play for like a year and a half because of the transfer and everything? It's so like what what were you doing to just try to stay with it? I could just practice, that was it.
1: Yeah, wasn't allowed to yeah. travel with the team, wasn't allowed to do anything else. I was allowed to practice and train with the team. That was it. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah like Couldn't, that. Yeah. So it, was, it was a
1: mentally it was a mental mentally draining thing, yeah. but made me stronger in the end. I kind of I'm able to deal with things a little bit better now because of it and the different things I dealt with. But uh, no, it was it was a blast because I got to really understand and learn from everybody, whether you're in the lineup or in and out of the lineup to the guys that are playing to the training staff, I really got to, to meet and, and understand and talk to everyone, which is, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because you get to understand people from a different side of things.
0: Yeah, at least you're able to, like, learn from all from those experiences and be able to have those guys that are telling you, like, just to keep going and everything, yeah. even though, like, it's a, it's a shitty situation to be in. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I have a few more questions before we wrap things up here. So uh, do you have any, any tips for players looking to get to the next level? Um,
1: honestly, what people look for now is, is good people along with, along with hockey players. It's not, it's no longer like, Oh, that guy's a great hockey player. We're taking him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You gotta be a good person on and off the ice. You gotta be able to play your game. But then the second you get off the ice or the second your body language goes haywire or something like that on the ice, you almost get crossed off the list. So my biggest thing is, is be positive, be a good teammate and, and take care of others. And a lot of that time, if you're maybe a little less better of a player but you're a better person than someone that'll help you move on to the next level before the playing well
0: yeah just uh be a be a good person have have good character and like that that'll do so much more so much more than just being that great hockey player like it helps but like if you're not if you don't have good character no one's gonna take you
1: if you if your name gets out there and everybody's like oh my god i love that guy he's that guy's awesome he's a good friend of mine like things like that if that gets out there like that's a lasting impression. And that means a lot to people.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that's all, that's all you can do is just be a, be a good person, get your, uh, and like everyone, everyone wants you and everyone loves you. Cause again, listen, if,
1: if hockey doesn't work out, what do you have? Yeah. You got a bunch of relationships you, you made where, where
0: people understand you're a great person. So something cool to have. Exactly. And then uh, my next question is what was your favorite barn to play in in uh, three eyes?
1: Ooh, three uh Bridgestone.
0: Oh, Nashville. That's uh yeah. it's a good uh con- country city for sure.
1: Yeah, that was probably all time. T D Garden went in the bean pot in front of twenty two thousand people. Yeah. That's that's gotta be all time. But uh no, the three ice was Bridgestone.
0: Yeah, two uh two legendary legendary barns right there. Like there's yeah. no no better place to play than those two. No.
1: Maybe but, the old Joe Lewis.
0: Yeah, that, that's also a legendary rink, but yeah. That's they're all, all fantastic rings, but, uh, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I want to wish you the best of luck going forward with Toledo. And I look forward to following your career the rest of the way.
1: Thanks, Huddy. I appreciate it, buddy. Anytime you want to do this, let me know. Maybe we can get Bo on here together or something like that and we can
0: do a, a big, a big chat circle. it will be a good time. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent down for that. We'll, we'll get, we'll get it going for sure. Perfect. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. See you. See ya.